Hello, and welcome to 71%, a podcast on the latest aquatic research that's taking place across our big blue planet. We are a couple of biologists and friends who decided to make a podcast. Why? Well, natural ecosystems face an ever-growing number of problems, and scientific research is one of the best tools available to help protect ourselves, other creatures, and the planet we live on. Our goal here is to present you with studies from oceans, rivers and lakes so that you can help spread information about the habitats which make up most of our world, 71% to be more precise. So, let's introduce ourselves. This is my friend Dr. Ben Whitaker, who is from England and lives in Canada. Ben uses he or they pronouns. He hates long walks on the beach and knows how many lumps a lumpfish has. I love it. So this is my friend, Dr. Laura Capalati. She's from Brazil, living in Finland, and she uses she, her pronouns. And she listens to Iron Maiden, but she ain't no teenage dirtbag baby. <laughs> you can tell I'm definitely using song lyrics to, yeah. to describe you. It's very song based your introductions. Yeah. I, like I just I just <laughs> we we listen to a, a lot of the same music, so I think it's yeah. I often hear songs and think this one, Laura likes this one. <laughs> <laughs> I like they use Teenage Dirtbag, which is a pop mm-hmm. song, and Iron Maiden, which is metal. Yeah. Which pretty much reflects all and, the spectrum. And Copacabana, <laughs> which is, is uh... <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Okay, so we're on to episode of the podcast we've we've been to some cold places we've been to some warm places we've been back in history and so where are you taking us today Laura? I'm taking us to a place very close to my heart which is the Amazon in Brazil so I'm gonna be talking about a study that is on a river in the Amazon this it's actually a chapter from a book called Igapó Blackwater Flooded F. Igapó Blackwater Flood. <laughs> Igapó Blackwater Flooded Forests of the Amazon Basin, and it's published by Springer in 2018. This chapter is called Mercury in Blackwaters of the Amazon, and is uh, led by Daniel Casper. So, so the first word was Igapod. Igapo is a indigenous word. Okay. Igapo. It's a kind of yeah, it's what they it's called in Brazil black water flooded forests. So it's like a a name for that type of ecosystem. Yes. Okay, got yes. you. I just wondered if I hadn't heard it correctly. <laughs> it's I like I like learning indigenous words for things like since I've moved to Canada, it opens up your your experience. So this study, they on this study, on this chapter, they they talk about what's known in terms of mercury in river waters in the Amazon. So between 1970 and 1990, gold mining in the Amazon was very intense and mercury emissions were estimated to be around 30 tons a year. If you don't know, mercury is used to to capture the gold that is in the sediment because it binds to it. So actually the gold that we extract, there's a, a, a big environmental impact associated to it, among others. Wow, I didn't know that. Mercury doesn't come exclusively from mining. 
In fact, the waters of the Amazon rivers have naturally high um, mercury concentrations. And these rivers supply element, the elements mercury to the whole system along with organic matter. So one thing that happens with this mercury is a process called methylation. The product is methylmercury, which is very toxic to organisms, and it accumulates. So there's a process called bioaccumulation, which is when an element, uh, a chemical element, goes of, across organisms in the trophic chain. And it can get up to humans who feed on, for instance, the local fish. So this methylation process, they, it can occur by abiotic or biotic processes. Abiotic meaning like nothing related to organisms and biotic related to living organisms. So normally bacteria are involved. So the most, most of the time is a biotic process and their activity can be enhanced depending on the environmental conditions. For example, temperature, pH, and dissolved oxygen in the water. And of course, these environmental conditions can vary quite a lot, even in a small area. And they can also change temporarily, for example, for example with floating dynamics. So these environments that we're talking about in Amazonian rivers, they, they're very heterogeneous, very diverse. There's a lot of processes going on at the same time. What has been observed already is that in black water rivers, the mercury concentrations are equivalent of impacted clear water rivers. So what is a black water river? Uh, it's a river that flows through forested wetlands and swamps, and the vegetation that is there decomposes and releases tannins into the water, turning it into black. And it looks like tea. <laughs> I was just going to say, so that actually actually turns the water black. Yes, the water is quite black, and uh, and this black water is lower lower in nutrients than clear water. And an interesting thing, an interesting fact is that this classification into black and clear water rivers in the Amazon was first proposed by Alfred Wallace in 1853, uh, but it was only based on color. And later on, the types were defined based on chemistry and physics. Yeah, because I know some people who keep fish, uh, like a lot of the really popular aquarium fish are from the Amazon. So things like neon tetra. And they're so bright and flashy because they're living in these really dark waters. They mm -hmm. need to display to each other. Mm -hmm. And so they, they often put leaves into the water so that they stain the water to give the fish more of a natural habitat to, so to live in cool. it is yeah but yeah so i guess no it's cool to think about these things and the effect of natural processes in the color of the water and the turbidity of the water will dictate so much of the organism's behavior and biology and mm. even a simple thing as the color it's not so simple yeah yeah this river that they they studied on this chapter is called Negro River, is uh, the largest blackwater tributary of the Amazon River in, in Brazil. And it's really cool because it meets another big river called Solimões, and they don't mix waters. So when you go to the point where they meet, you can see that like a black water and a brownish water not mixing together. It's really cool. That is really cool. So it's like... 
those cocktails where you can see one layer's one color and another layer's another color. <laughs> As well, just to it's a cocktail you shouldn't drink from. <laughs> poisonous mercury cocktail so just to like clarify as well what would a tributary be yeah a tributary river in this case means that this river flows into the amazon river mm -hmm. uh, for some context the region around the river is largely protected and home to indigenous peoples and because of its good conservation status because of this uh, protection the biogeochemical cycles are well preserved and close, at least very close to natural. Uh, plus, there is a possibility that their status will change in the near future with potential plans of building dams, building roads and mining. Mm -hmm. uh, so nature and of course, nature conservation in Brazil is quite turbulent and mm -hmm. related to politics and corruption. So... Um, there are many ways in which humans can alter the cycle of mercury in Amazonian rivers, and this is the main reason to, to study that. So they compiled varied samples from fish muscle, water, sediment, and plankton at varying times between the period of 1990 to 2012. And they tested these samples for mercury. I was just, every time you say mercury, I get a one, two, break free, starting to play in my head. <laughs> we could do we could do something with that a like freddie, freddie mercury, mercury in the river tribute, yeah <laughs> we do a tribute tri tribute I, i'm getting on this <laughs> so they observed that methyl mercury which is this methylated form of mercury is formed mainly in the flooded areas where there is low quantities of dissolved oxygen, which increases microbial activity that methylates the mercury. Remember that I said that one of the processes that can lead to methylation is uh, bacterial activity. Mm -hmm. So in these flooded areas, uh, there's a, the, the oxygen gets consumed quite a lot, so there's little dissolved oxygen. Okay. So the bacteria consumes the oxygen. So because of this flooded areas they have a lot of um, degradation decomposition this decomposition consumes dissolved oxygen and when you have lower oxygen concentrations in the water you facilitate the activity of methylating bacteria okay got you and then they methylate the mercury to make this toxic compound or even more toxic compound yes I don't know if it's more toxic, but it what happens is that this form of mercury gets more easily associated into organisms. Okay. And then it bioaccumulates. Okay. So this is the form that the, the plankton eats and then it accumulates up to the fish and humans. Got you. So it's bad news. So this methylated mercury then is absorbed by the plankton and then eaten by the first level of uh, the, the first trophic level which is some species of fish and then other species of fish eat those fish mm -hmm. and then even and then later uh, dolphin eats the fish okay. and then you might think now wait dolphins in the amazon have you heard of that before i've heard of like there's those uh are they like uh the river dolphins in the yangtze that are like pink and they can't see very well are they yeah. are they like somehow similar yeah. to those or i think it might even be extinct now like they're like a pink dolphin that can't see very well 
Yeah, it's another species of river dolphin. It's different from the one that used to live in, in this river in China. Okay. And this dolphin that we have in the Amazon is called Boto cor de rosa, which means uh, pink dolphin. And it's super cute. <laughs> oh, wow, it is cute. So yeah, this uh, river, pink river dolphin is actually vulnerable in the extinction category. Um, okay, so they go on to talk about the environmental problems which can be driving the changes in mercury transport and concentration in these aquatic systems. One of them is the deforestation. Um, so, of course, everything is connected, mm -hmm. <laughs> as we've mentioned before in this podcast. And deforestation causes uh, an intensification of erosion. Because, of course, you, ta you take the, the forests and then you have the exposed soil and it erodes more easily. And then this erosion releases more suspended sediment, which is low in black waters. And then this sediment carries more mercury to other rivers. So erosion caused by deforestation facilitates the transport of mercury to among rivers. Burning the forest can also cause loss of uh, mercury from soils to the, to the water by a process called lixiviation. Is that how you say it? I've never heard of it before. I know it in Portuguese, but I don't know if I'm saying it right in, in English. I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lixiviation is then you have, you have, um, you have uh, the transport of a chemical compound from the soil to the water, in this case, mercury. There's another threat, which is the construction of dams for hydroelectric power. And they can also have an effect in the mercury dynamics because the trees are inundated. You need to flood a huge area to, to build a dam. Uh, and then these trees decompose and this decomposition process consumes dissolved oxygen from the water, as we mentioned already, uh, from the bacteria. Uh, so this lower concentration of oxygen enhances methylation and the mercury is more easily absorbed by the organisms, as I mm -hmm. mentioned before. And these aquatic systems are all connected, so it's hard to say how much mercury is being accumulated into you know, other rivers, Not to mention the effects of climate change, such as changes in uh, precipitation. Mm -hmm. More rain means more flooding or different flooding patterns in the systems. And as a consequence, these processes uh, can all be changed, Every all the processes that we've mentioned. So there's many, many ways that the mercury, which is already high in black water systems, naturally and uh, anthropogenically caused, There are many ways that this can be altered for the worst, especially with the need for economic growth, mm -hmm. need for mining, need for energy. So these environments are very threatened. And let's remember that there are many communities that live and need these systems mm -hmm. uh, on a daily basis. So they, they need to eat the fish. Fish is a very large component of, of their diet. They This is their living. This is their... Mm. Um, and that... And then if they're eating all these fish that are high in mercury, that's going to impact their health. Yes, of course. Uh, they, they do mention that uh, these populations that feed on... Uh, oh, my God. These populations that feed on... On the, the fish? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to say... Um, um, oh, my God. What is the word that I'm looking for? I, sometimes it goes blank. 
contaminated. That's oh it. God, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> You're doing a much better job than I would if I had to present in Portuguese, Laura. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, of course, this... Uh, they, they mentioned that the population that feed on the contaminated fish, uh, they do have the cases of neurological, immunological, cardiovascular problems. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to keep mo monitoring the cycle and impacts of mercury in these uh, aquatic systems, especially in places such as the Amazon, which are either highly impacted by human activity or they will be soon. And that's it. Uh, that's in a nutshell what we know about mercury in in rivers, especially mm -hmm. in black water rivers in the Amazon. Uh, and this case was really interesting, a very particular case of the Negro River. But of course, there there is a need to to study mm. this in other systems and to see the effect in other populations, and potentially the 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 flow of mercury to to marine systems eventually right and i guess different pollutants as well not just mercury i'm guessing there's other things that perhaps mining releases into the water mm -hmm. like heavy metals and things like that i guess if it's all yeah. mining activity and damming the water so that it doesn't flow how it normally does probably going to have a big impact mm -hmm. on all these ecosystems and communities so living off them yes uh, yeah that's it um hope you liked it yeah uh, for me it was really interesting to read this chapter because uh i didn't know much about mercury contamination in amazonian rivers uh of course i've heard about it before and i knew it was an environmental issue but they actually know quite a lot of it they they know the natural cycle of mercury and this methylation process, what happens to the mercury in this methylation proce process and why it is potentially a problem as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think it was, was super interesting and it made me sad because I think it's hard to read a scientific paper these days without being sad. <laughs> yeah. These different forms of mercury are w working their way through the Amazon and they're having differential impacts on the organisms that are living there. And like this process of bioaccumulation that you were talking about, it's, uh, I, so I did my master's partly on the Faroe Islands, and I don't know how much you know about them, but they're, they're like in the middle of the Atlantic, and fish and seafood is a really big part mm -hmm. of the diet. And they often get, you see them in the press when they eat dolphins at once a year they they harvest pods of dolphins um but they contain a lot of mercury anyway because they're eating a lot of fish so this process of bioaccumulation that you were talking about is important for them as well because they can't eat too much whale or dolphin because it could become poisonous to them so i guess if there's a form of mercury that's even easier to get from the tissue of the food into the thing eating it like you're saying is happening in the amazon that's a really serious health risk right so i guess it's kind of something that could have really severe health consequences not just for the people but for anything further up this food chain as bioaccumulation occurs so things like i don't know like I'm trying to think of some iconic brazilian species i guess jaguar do you have jaguar in brazil or do they yeah, eat fish yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I guess uh, they eat fish. <laughs> uh, or fishing hats or something. Yeah, this is where we 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 gone too far onto land, and neither of us really know very much about what's going on. We're like, get back, back into, into the water. The water. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all these big big fish that you yeah. often see on like extreme fishing shows, they always go to the Amazon, right? And if they're getting high levels of mercury, yeah, and them, they said that from one trophic level to the other, it the concentration of mercury accumulates enhances by one order of magnitude it's really Ooh. a lot so it, if depending on the fish that you eat if you eat fish that eat plankton the concentration will be lower than if you eat carnivorous fish because of course this carnivorous fish will feed on already contaminated fish mm. so it's really sometimes maybe the the carnivorous fish is the most famous fish is the more abundant fish and mm. um or the, or the fish with the most meat mm. on that's going to sustain them for longer. And I, I imagine these indigenous communities aren't the ones who are building the dams no. or who are doing the mining. <laughs> and it's no. it's just another case of why can't we just It's just another case to... of uh, the rich exploiting the poor. Yeah. And not suffering the, the consequences as the poor uh, people were. Mm. Okay, so thank you very much, Laura, for that interesting paper and for teaching us about the troubles of, of Mercury in the Amazon. And next week in the episode of 71%, I shall be presenting a paper. So that's something to, to look forward to. So I guess I shall hand over to you for our infamous sign out. See you next week. Until then, I'll catch you downstream.